Blog Talk Radio. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. The rich get richer in the National Football League. Seems like it happens every year. We see the teams like the Patriots uh, constantly just reload. And look, the news couldn't have been any worse. Tom Brady restructures his deal, does what's good for the team. Uh, I, I actually heard that it wasn't a pay cut. It was actually just kind of a restructuring, which is fine. Uh, he's taking less now, but to get it later. Uh, and that's what a team player does. And how does Belichick repay him? He lets Wes Welker walk to his arch enemy, Peyton Manning, and the Denver Broncos. And so while the Patriots weren't the ones benefiting, the Broncos, the rich, uh, get richer with Wes Welker to the Broncos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special Saturday edition of Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football, and usually I'm joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky. He had an uh, emergency golf outing. I said, you know what? Uh, he was like, you want to redo the show? You want to change the time? We could do it later in the afternoon. I said, yeah, go ahead, man. Don't worry about it. Just have some fun. And so I'm going to take things solo today. I hope I don't bore the hell out of you. If I do, I'll start to throw in a few um, a few sound clips or something to uh, keep things rolling. But, hey, it's been a great time. We are live at the <clears throat> at the Ultra Live Studios here in Indianapolis, Indiana, the Miami Festival that is going on for uh, three days this weekend and then also next weekend as well. Uh, had 100,000 people there last night. They're going to have another great uh, day today. Uh, you can just Google uh, or YouTube uh, Ultra Live, and you will find uh, the live stream of the concert on YouTube. 60,000 people were signed in last night, and so they're going to do it again. Uh, Sunday, it'll be a big day. Tiesto will be there. Armin Van Buren, there'll be plenty of talent there. So something to do on the weekend while you're watching NCAA tournament action, while you're on FF Toolbox checking out all the free agency moves, and while you're on Twitter and checking all that out. 
But again, it is free agent frenzy. This is coming to a close, and the rich get richer. New England, uh, they didn't really skip a beat here. They lose Wes Welker. That is kind of a big deal for Tom Brady. And what do they do? Well, let's take a look at these moves to find out what exactly they are going to do. They bring in the Welker light, right? Danny Amendola. We called this back in September when we were in Vegas. I think I was at the FFPC draft. We're sitting there. We're talking. And I remember Joe Conti sitting there. We were all having a conversation. And we said, Welker's no chance he's going to be back. No chance he's going to be back. Well, who would be a perfect replacement? And I remember Joe and I were sitting there, and Joe says, I think it's Amendola. And he nailed it. So kudos to you, old school, a.k.a. old school uh, Joe Conti, one of the best high-stakes uh, fantasy players in the world, uh, did call that out. And, uh, yeah, I totally bought in, totally saw it coming, and and it happened. Uh, perfect compliment for Tom Brady to kind of fill the void from a Wes Welker is gone. So they bring in Amendola. They also brought in a really nice player, Donald Jones from Buffalo, who I've always been a fan of. I just don't think he was ever utilized. Well, he's also had, uh, he's also had his share of injuries, but uh, again, for Fitzpatrick, he, you can only keep so many options uh, alive in that offense. And, you know, uh, I thought Fitzpatrick was a decent player. We can talk about him here in a minute as well, but Donald Jones in this opportunity will be draftable will be draftable. Uh, the tight ends, usually some for, for whatever reason, I mean, I know they're dominant, Gronk and Hernandez, they will get dinged up. They will miss time. It seems like that's what happens every year. So an opportunity here for Donald Jones. And then you have today, uh, or last night, the signing, uh, the offer sheet with Emmanuel Sanders, the wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is a guy, the Steelers have five days to either match the offer sheet and retain Sanders services, or they let him go. Uh, that's how it goes when you're restricted free agent. If Sanders joins the Patriots, the Steelers would get their 2013 third-round pick in return because Sanders was tendered at the third-round level, the round in which he was drafted. So, look, Sanders, young kid, 26 years old. He had his best season to date in 2012, 44 catches, 620 yards. Very good turnaround for Tom Brady. This base, This move basically says, look, Sanders can be the – uh, if, if Amendola is the younger Wes Welker, uh, Brian Murphy has a great article up on this on FF Toolbox, Sanders can be the younger version of Brandon Lloyd. Lots of speed, uh, good size, and if the Steelers can't match the Patriots' offer, Lloyd's days in New England may be over. They may be over. So did they reload? Absolutely. Look, <laughs> the, the, the only problem is is the little jab. The jab that, uh, you know, Denver comes in and Tom Brady's arch nemesis, you know, Peyton Manning, steals his number one target and his claim to fame throughout all these years. Remember, Welker was a nobody in Miami. He was, uh, you know, it's almost like you always kind of think, well, what would Hartline do if if Hartline, you know, uh, signed on with a team, you know, that was actually throwing the ball? So a lot of, a lot of moves going on in the AFC East, it seems like, for some reason. Uh, Miami. New team, new identity, rebuilding themselves through free agency. There may be some fantasy starters here, game. There may be some fantasy wisdom, fantasy starters here, and worth drafting on draft day. Let's start with the number one option, I think, is going to be Lamar Miller. Look, Reggie Bush is gone. We'll talk about him here in a minute. That's a pretty big move. But the Miami as a whole, I think, is a bigger story than just Reggie Bush. So I did put Miami on top of that because I think they are actually – rebranding themselves, a new identity for the Miami Dolphins. And I'm sure Dolphin fans are thrilled to be giving this a shot. 
I mean, there's only so long you can just sit around and be mediocre. I mean, even the Jets had a couple of years where they were kind of on top, and it's sort of in the top in, in the discussion of some of the top teams. Miami hasn't had that in a while. They have not had that in a while. They've had a cold spell, so to speak. So interesting to see that Miami finally decides with this new ownership team to really put something together and do something about being mediocre. I mean, you're, they weren't a playoff team. They really didn't have much. They had an exciting player, Reggie Bush, and that's about it. So what do they do? They make a big splash and a big splash in the free agent market, and they bring in Mike Wallace. What's that going to do for Tannehill? Confidence. It's a five-year, $60 million deal, $30 million guaranteed. That, this, is a, this is a guy, look, disappointing 2012, 64 balls, 800 yards, but he had eight touchdowns. We know you air it out to him, he will go get it. He's just going to take off. He's going to beat them on some of those out routes, some of those stunts and stops where he gets out and just beats the, beats the corner. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen a lot, and it's going to happen probably about ten times. He'll probably have about ten touchdowns in Miami this year. I don't know how heavy the workload will be because you do have these other guys that they can throw to. They do have Brian Hartline, who moves into a much more natural number two position. I think it would be much more uh, dangerous on that team, Hartline has the chance to be a very good fantasy option this year as a number two. You still have Devon Beth as a slot, but they also brought in a Brandon Gibson, really kind of a mediocre player there, but does give some stability to the lineup. Then you bring in a, you know, a, a, a passing option tight end, Dustin Keller. So the, the offense is really all about now. The question is Tannehill. What is this second year going to be like? And, how much progress will we see in that second year? And, you know, look, do you need a lot of practice with big uh, w w with Wallace? I don't think so. I actually disagree with my uh, uh, our, our writer, Brian Murphy. I think, I think Wallace can be a top 20 fantasy wideout this year. He'll be hit and miss. I think that's the case. I think that'll always be the case with Mike Wallace. Uh, kind of like Torrey Smith. You know, you're going to get, you're going to burn him a couple of times, but great player for draft master. Great player for draft master where you don't have to worry about the weeks when you're not going to start him. Uh, guys like Torrey Smith, Mike Wallace, these guys, take your notes, draft master teams, right, Are uh, definitely have uh, potential. They also have the young kid, Lamar Miller. Look, this is a kid we didn't see much of at all uh, in his first year uh, because, you know, quite frankly, Reggie Bush and Daniel Thomas, uh, they kind of took care of things and, and ran the show. Uh, but when he did get in there, uh, he looked explosive. He turned enough heads, and they have enough confidence in this kid, similar to like a David Wilson, similar to a Doug Martin. Remember, these guys in the dynasty discussion, in the dynasty player world, if you remember, there was Trent Richardson as the undisputed number one. Now, I think that changed now because Doug Martin is possibly in year two, kind of thinking there, people are saying, well, wait a minute, who's the best back? But before the draft, uh, before your dynasty drafts of last year and after the NFL draft, people were questioning who was better, Doug Martin, David Wilson, or Lamar Miller. And it was kind of if you had, somebody had him one, two, three, the other guy would have him three, two, one, three, one, two, two, one, three. You had him in all different kinds of orders. They were all kind of clumped in there. And so when Lamar Miller didn't even get a chance last year, people were like, "What's going on? You know, I I paid a top price for this guy." Well, if you hung on, you're about to get rewarded uh, with Lamar Miller. Uh, so. At to what extent, I'm not ready. I'm not quite ready to prepare to, to say that, but he is going to have a, a good year. So definitely he's a hold right now. 
He's definitely not a buy because the price is going to be too high. Not somebody you can go after. On that team, to be honest with you, Wallace owners, uh, the hype isn't high enough to sell on him yet. Just because he signs with Miami doesn't increase his value. Uh, Keller kind of goes to a sort of a lateral. I know the, I know it seems like there it might be an improvement from the Jets, but actually he was the only thing they had, and you know pretty much the Jets without Holmes, it was Keller, and he didn't do a lot with that opportunity. So he was kind of maddening for me as well. One night, one week on, one week off. Uh, you would think that it would be an upgrade, but I'm not so sure I'm ready to announce that it's a, a it's an upgrade for him. I think the biggest winner in Miami, uh, besides Tannehill, obviously, uh, Lamar Miller's going to have a great shot. But as far as wide receiver goes, I think Brian Hartline has a much easier time of work in the field as a number two. So I think that's a, a pretty good move there. Uh, Miami could be an eight-win team, maybe more. We saw, we've seen great turnarounds before. Indianapolis did it with a complete turnaround and a complete overhaul. I think that's kind of what Miami's trying to do on the offensive side. They're going to have offensive line issues, but and you don't have an Andrew Luck. I'm sorry, Tannehill, you're not an Andrew Luck. Uh, but I'm, I'm proud of what Miami's doing there. Uh, again, okay, so I went off on Miami enough. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, Denver. Look, we've got to talk about Denver. Peyton Manning has to be happy. And I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Decker fans, you know, look, if, you're, if you play Dynasty, I'm in nine Dynasty leagues. So we, we talk about this stuff all year round. Dynasty leagues help you bridge the gap from being just a redraft player to Dynasty where you're talking about fantasy all year round and you're drafting and you're, you're waking up in the morning and, and there's nothing like getting a trade offer no matter how bad it is. Matter of fact, I was just in the uh, FFPC's 1250 Dynasty uh, software by RT Sports. And I saw that I had a trade offer, big little yellow sticker. So when you log in in the morning, you might see a yellow sticker. And, you know, look, we don't get trades in high stakes. But when you play Dynasty, you do. So it's the only place you get to have trades in high stakes. Here's the offer. Ronnie Hillman, I have to give up a 112, a 2-1, a 2014 round two, and a 2014 round one. Good gosh, he wants two firsts and two seconds and Ronnie Hillman. And he'll give me Reggie Bush, round three and round five in 2014. That is such a ridiculously expensive price. There is no way I'd be willing to pay two firsts, two seconds, and Ronnie Hillman for Reggie Bush. Absolutely not. No chance. Not a chance. Uh, okay, why did he give me that? You know, I have a lot of Lions on this team, so maybe that's maybe that's why. But there's there's just absolutely no way. Oh, come on. Money earning, Mount Vernon, Carl. Oh, oh I would have expected more, my man, but... Oh, so, see, that's what you get. Sometimes you open up the trade uh, Pandora box and you're excited. Sometimes it, it, you come out of that like, geez, I can't believe he even offered me that. Uh, but, you know, that's to each their own. I'm not – I don't get offended. I get disappointed that when I, I didn't get the trade that I was looking for. Uh, I'll tell you what. I just I just pulled a trade uh, last week. Let me, t- let me ask you what you think of it. Vincent Jackson in a round two rookie pick, 212. For Darren McFadden and the 2-1 rookie pick. So I gave away Vincent Jackson in the 2-12. I got Darren McFadden in the 2-1, the 13th overall pick in this year's rookie draft. That's the type of deal that you that you have in Dynasty. When you play Dynasty fantasy football, you just uh, – look, I love Vincent Jackson. I think he did a great job last year. I don't think his value will ever be higher than it is right now. With eight years in the league, already 30 years old, this is the type of season and the type of time to sell him. A 72-catch, 1,300-yard, eight-touchdown season. He's never going to have that many yards again. I don't think he's ever going to uh, get close to 1,400 yards again. I just don't see it. Uh, it's just a, 
it's a sell high time for Vincent Jackson. It's a sell high. He had a great year. And this is what you do in Dynasty. What do you do? You buy low. And Darren McFadden, the value doesn't get much lower. I mean, obviously, he didn't look good. But again, they are building the offense around him. They are going to give him another shot. He, the, he He's a 42-catch guy also. I mean, in an, in an injury year, when he had four games missed, he still had 42 catches. He didn't do much else. I mean, look, there's not anything on the stat sheet here to get excited about. Except that week one game when he had 13 catches in his first week. I was like, whoa, the PPR monster here, 13 catches against San Diego. That's about it. That was really his only highlight of the year. Uh, he just kind of fell apart, and he was not that 1-5 pick, 1-6 pick that everybody thought they were getting in the first round. Do you remember that? you remember everybody was saying that he could be the best back in the league? Well, one season later, it's time to buy low. It's time to buy low. So I sell Vincent Jackson at his high. I'm buying Darren McFadden at his low. I'm not here to tell you if he's going to do it or not. It's just the principle in Dynasty that you have to get comfortable with to trade. To trade, 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 trade. Always sell high. Always buy low. And keep your fingers crossed. Is there a chance that he returns? Probably not. He's probably not going to be the guy that we thought he was. But if he's completely healthy, we thought he was worth, I mean, the high-stakes players, the best in the world, they go to Vegas every year and plop down two dimes on a, on a fantasy team. They thought he was one of the best backs in the league. They were willing to spend a very high pick. They were willing to spend a 1-4 on 1-5, even before Calvin Johnson, who's a dead lock because of the scarcity at the running back position. I remember having John Rozek and Chad Schroeder, and everybody would say, take the running back, Scott. Don't take the wide receiver because the running backs are going to dry up. I didn't listen. But, look, everybody was saying McFadden could be the best. So buy him low. Buy him low. And if, if oh, by the way, this is a contract year for McFadden, too. So we, we know the potential exists for, you know, an excellent performance. And you know what? If he does great this year and blows it up for me, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to sell high. I'm going to sell high. I'm going to do the exact same thing. Sell high, buy low. Sell high, buy low. Keep doing that, and that's what Dynasty is all about. Don't get too emotionally attached to your players. Uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> Somehow I started talking about Denver. Oh, <clears throat> Decker fans. I'm sure that you've gotten offers throughout the year for Eric Decker. And you've passed on those offers. You've passed and passed and passed and passed because you said, I've got Peyton Manning. I'm on the other side of Demarius Thomas. I'm very happy to have Eric Decker. And look, it's a potent offense. I totally understand but now, look what's happened. Wes Welker comes to town. Let me take a sip. Wes Welker comes to town. And Decker's dynasty and redraft value drops like a rock. It'll be a potent offense. Oh, it's going to be potent. We have not seen three wide receivers line up for this like Peyton Manning in quite some time. Uh, they, now, the arm strength... Maybe not as big of a question as it, as it was in the past. Doesn't have the zip that it had, but he still gets the ball there. He's very accurate. Delivers it on time. Everything's great about Peyton. You just got to love him. But these three wide receivers, this is going to be some offense. The, the loser in this offense is Eric Decker. It's a no-brainer. Demarius Thomas, 94, 1,410. I can see that same time of a, type of a year or even bigger because of the addition of Wes Welker. That was on 141 targets. Will he get that many targets again? I think he'll be in that ballpark. Decker? No way. Absolutely no way. And Decker fans, I'm sorry. Uh, you could probably find somebody to, to sell him to, but unfortunately, they have to, um, they have to uh, just 
overlook this whole Welker thing being here. Decker's numbers last year, 85 for 1,013 on 123 targets. There are not that many balls to go around because those are Wes Welker's numbers next year. Those are Welker's 123 targets. So we have to go all the way to um, Stokely, right? We we, got to go to Stokely and see how many targets did he have in this offense, and that's the potential for Decker. Right. And maybe, uh, you know, because Welker's going to get his Welker is going to move the chains on that team. And that's exactly the type of player that Peyton Manning would love to have. So how many targets is that? It's not a lot. Fifty eight targets last year for Brandon Stokely. Forty five catches. Five touchdowns. Decker fans. Jeez. You know, you got to feel for you because you you, you counted on him. You, you, You hung on to him. And you were rewarded last year. And then, you know, Wes Welker comes to town, and you're just part of a three-horse race now. I don't think Demarius Thomas's value is hurt that much. I honestly don't. I think he will still be the dangerous touchdown-receiving monster that he was before. When he gets the ball in his hands, good things happen after the catch, kind of like a Des Bryant. The, the guy gets the ball, good things are going to happen. So I, I think that Demarius's numbers are safe. I'm very afraid for Decker fans. And honestly, there's nothing you can really do. Because you, you're not going to find a buyer. You're not going to find a buyer. The value dropped like a rock. So any in, in, in intelligent owner is not going to buy him for the price that you, that you want. That's just, uh, that's just the cold hard, cold hard facts. All right, so we've talked Denver. We've talked Miami, and we've talked New England. Let's talk about uh, some of these running backs that we saw. And the first one we'll talk about is Steven Jackson. Did Atlanta make the right move here? That's the, that's what you have to be asking yourself. Did they make the right move? You had a lot of different options on the table. You could have went in a lot of different directions here. You could have addressed it in, in the draft. You could address it in free agency. But did they make the right move? Steven Jackson does have some stuff left in the tank. I say yes, absolutely. They made the right move here. They'll be a much more dangerous offense with Steven Jackson than with Michael Turner. Michael Turner, uh, you know, <laughs> he always surprised me. Uh, Michael Turner always surprised 245 pounds, right? I mean, you, you wouldn't think you would have that kind of speed on a guy that's 245 pounds. But Steven Jackson, he still has something in the tank. Doing what he did in, in St. Louis, okay, to average four yards per carry behind that offensive line with really no vertical uh, game to, work, to worry about for the defenses, that's not bad. That's not bad. I think he'll be much better uh, in that offense. Tony Gonzalez comes back. So you've got Julio, Roddy, Gonzalez all back. And the Gonzalez story is a great story. There's there's a Ray Lewis story. It's his Ray Lewis run, so to speak. One more chance, one more year. He got so close last year. Maybe Steven Jackson helps get them to where they want to be. Some people thought that Quiz Rogers might be able to carry the load there. And I'm like, Really? You, you're, you're kidding me, right? I mean, you're absolutely – look, Michael Turner, behind that monstrous offensive line that Atlanta has, they have a good offensive line. They keep Ryan upright. 3.6 yards a carry and only 19 catches. So, you know, uh, Jackson's going to get his work on first and second. Quiz Rogers is going to come in on third down and get the balls. He's going to catch more balls than last year. He caught 53 balls last year, had 94 carries. He's going to catch more than that this year. But in between the tackles – 
Quiz Rogers is not your guy. I mean, he's 200 pounds, 5'6". You've never seen a, a 200-pound 5'6 guy before. I've never have. Never. Uh, we, we could go to Darren Sproles. What's, but, but how much weight does Darren Sproles have on him? Not 200. Not 200. Well, let's go over here and pull him up. Anybody know off the top of your head? Chat room? Hey, crew in the chat room, I haven't even checked in on you today. Let me come over here. It's a 12 o'clock show, afternoon show. We didn't uh, promote the show today. Uh, Darren Sproles, 5'6", 190. So 10 more pounds on Quiz Rogers. And he's a fast kid. He's not Darren Sproles fast. Hey, Fantasy Assassins, welcome to Red vs. Blue. Glad to see you in here today. Saturday show. Mike is gone and I'm rambling. Harvin to Seattle. Harvin to Seattle. Oh, let's, let's, let's finish up Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson to Atlanta. Look, if you have him as a dynasty owner, you got to keep him. Redraft next year, what do you do? I see him going in maybe the uh, – he's, he's back to being in the end of the second round. You take those stud wide receivers first, but he's back to being at the end of the second round. So if you start off your draft with an Arian Foster, there's a very good chance that this year you're grabbing a Steven Jackson at the end of the turn. I wouldn't. I'd grab their wide receivers. But maybe maybe it's maybe he's closer to the the third. Maybe he's closer to the early third. I don't know what Tim Brad, you guys what do you think of that? Uh Steven Jackson redraft value next year. But as far as Dynasty, look, he's a hold. Uh if, if you can if you can get something for him, uh this is the time to do it. Because it will be kind of a timeshare there. Steven Jackson will get the bulk of the work. And it'll be nice to see what he does in Atlanta. But this is a this is a move that gets Atlanta deeper, I think, deeper than last year. What does that mean? They're going to the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. I think Atlanta's going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, they didn't need a lot. They didn't need a lot. They needed to be respected on the ground game, and they really they really never were all year. They didn't do much. Not many big carries, not many big gains. You have Julio and Roddy developing. Another, another year of development for Julio Jones. Who knows what that's going to be? Uh, Fantasy Assassins, I pick Steven Jackson late third, early fourth. Wow. Well, this is my point with Steven Jackson. I think he will be better in Atlanta. It's a better offensive line. It's a better system to be involved with. <laughs> you can't crowd the line. You cannot crowd the box in Atlanta like you can in uh, St. Louis, right? Uh, you knew that Steven Jackson was the only real threat on that team. I mean, then, you know, you started to get a little bit of uh, love from a Chris Givens and a Brandon Gibson. But come on. There's nothing in St. Louis. And he still averaged four yards a carry. He, he could have a, a very good season uh, in him. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to write these down. We'll, we'll see what happens when it comes time for September. Look, everything changes by the time September hits. We wait for some preseason action, and everything changes. It doesn't matter if you mock, 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 and you're in 50 drafts in August. The very last week of the year, everything changes by the time you get to Vegas. Doug Martin is now the 11th pick of the draft. <laughs> You thought you set up your KDS and you were going to have your draft spot in the mid-second round, and you're like, I'm perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to snag Doug Martin on the three-turn, two-three-turn. <laughs> you get to Vegas, and he's going at 110, 111, 112 area, and you're like, oh, why didn't I pick the back of the draft? Okay. Uh, next story, Reggie Bush to Detroit. Uh, you know, this is a killer move for LaShore here. This is a, this is a LaShore killer. I really liked LaShore. Not not that he was explosive last year, 
because he wasn't. But the fact he gutted out an entire year's performance. After his two-game suspension, he played. And he missed two games and was your 18th best back in the league. So he's your he's a he's a solid RB2. He's a solid RB2. And he only missed two games, first two games of the year, but he played every game after that. So he's a tough kid. Six foot two thirty from Illinois. Had a terrible injury. But to recover from that and to play all year, I don't think we were expecting explosive in his first year back. Now, they bring in Reggie Bush. Uh, because the torn Achilles is a terrible injury to recover from, they, they, they've already lost job at best. You bring in Reggie Bush now, and this is supposed to be uh, the big splash of the of the season for Detroit. You're bringing in Reggie Bush to catch the 90 balls that you don't have from Javid Best anymore. That was when the offense worked best. It's a great, great fit for Reggie. It's a great fit for the Lions. But the loser in all this is LaShore. And, and maybe even it, it kind of moves LaShore into the role that we thought we kind of saw in Miami with Daniel Thomas. You know, kind of the goal line, kind of the give Reggie a breather kind of stuff. That's the kind of role you'll see from Mikel LaShore. And Reggie may not have a lot of touchdowns this year because of that. LaShore is a good in-between-the-tackle, goal-line type option. The other guy who's hurt by this is Joyce Bell because he loves to catch the ball. That's probably the thing he does the best, right? This is a kid that caught 50 balls last year. Do you know that Joyce Bell was the 23rd best running back in the league? Better than Darren McFadden and DeMarco Murray and D'Angelo Williams and Willis McGahee? Points over all bases? You know why? It's because it's a PPR league. 52 catches. Usually when you catch the ball 50 times, I don't care who you are, you're going to be a good top 20, top 25 back. And he was. He was a top 25 back with only 90 carries. So Joyce Bell gets hurt by this. And I always... I, and there were plenty of uh, statistics that showed that Joyce Bell had a lot more explosiveness than Mikhail Ashore. He had a lot more long runs than Mikhail Ashore did. And he averaged five yards a carry. So this kid that's 5'11", 220 out of Wayne State, they think there's actually some sleeper potential there. And I've heard that in the high stakes community from a couple of people. Don't sleep on Joyce Bell. Well, they bring in Reggie Bush. Now you can go ahead and sleep all day because there's no room for Joyce Bell uh, without an injury. Uh, so Reggie's going to have a good year. Uh, where does Reggie go in the draft? Where does Reggie go in the draft? That's a good question. I, I'll pose it to the chat room. Where does Reggie Bush go in a, in a redraft when we get to Vegas next year? Ah, Reggie Bush in Detroit. People are going to really like this. They're going to really like it. Mm-mm-mm. A lot of catches for the guy. A lot of carries. A potent offense. Opens things up for Calvin Johnson. He'll be even more dominant now. This is this also fills the Titus Young role that they wanted in the offense. I could see them doing that, too. I could see LaShore in the backfield and Titus Young lining up, you know, I mean, uh, Reggie Bush lining up as a slot receiver. Reggie Bush. Uh, I think that he will be rated. His stock will continue to skyrocket is the word I'm going to use. His stock will skyrocket before September because we're always looking for that lightning in a bottle. And this could be 
the Reggie Bush that we longed for as a rookie, as a second-year guy when he was with New Orleans. And we said, this is a 90-catch guy. This is a 90-catch guy. What was his second year in New Orleans? How many balls did he catch? Uh, 2000, let's see. Here we go. 2009, 47 catches. And his rookie year, rookie year, rookie year, Six foot two hundred from USC. Man, I could see Reggie just his value continue to climb. And you're going to be sitting in drafts. <laughs> We're going to be you're going to be in a draft. He's going to go in the third. I mean, in the in the uh, in the second. And then he's going to start creeping up toward the first. And then by the time we're in Vegas, we're going to see you know some people taking uh, and spending a very high pick on him, a very high first round pick. You're going to see it happen. People are going to buy into the hype of Reggie Bush. They're going to buy into the hype, and, I, and I'm not saying right or wrong or indifferent. I, I it's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see if he's uh, if he has that type of a year. Okay. Uh, what else do we got? We have kind of a non-story, Mendenhall to Arizona. You know, I don't know. Bruce Arians obviously has a history with Rashard Mendenhall. Uh, this is another injured kid, another another kid who just can't stay healthy. feel bad for him. But this is uh this is uh this was a one back offense. That's what that's what Arians wanted. And now you bring in <laughs> you bring in Mendenhall to split time with Ryan Williams. So, you know, it's it's all coach speak. It's all it's all coach speak. So, we'll see what Mendenhall has in the tank. We'll see what he can do. Not much, I would suppose. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And the thing is, I'm thinking about should I show mercy on you? Should I start Benson and show mercy? Or should I start Terrain and really just hammer you down? I don't know what to do. I I don't know. Part of me feels like mercy. Part of me feels like, eh, go ahead and start Benson and just win by 10, 12 points. You think you think you're gonna you think you're gonna beat me? No, I know I will. Saturday afternoon, Sunday, Saturday, March 16th, 2013. Man, time's flying. We've got one more week of school for the kids, and it's already spring break. You know, our kids are going back. They have this crazy, crazy schedule now. Our kids go back to school after summer break on July 31st. When we were in school, we didn't go back till the end of August. And they've kept creeping it up and creeping it up and creeping it up. And now they're going back to school when it's 100 degrees outside here in the Midwest. July 31st. So we're gonna have we're gonna have two weeks of spring break coming up. We have two week fall break, two week Christmas break, and a two week spring break. And then the kids will go back to school. They'll finish up May, and then they'll have June and July. They'll have two months for a summer break. 
So it'll be interesting. Today's a big college basketball day, too. Uh, Jim Boheim and Rick Pitino square off in the Big East Tournament live at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN. My Cardinals took down the Irish last night in a, in a great game. That's three straight years in a row that the Irish have been ousted by the Cardinals in the Big East semifinals. That's got to sting. And this is a game, Syracuse at uh, Syracuse Louisville at the Big East Championship, that is uh, a good one to end the Big East last hurrah at, the, at Madison Square Gardens. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a home crowd, Syracuse. They beat Georgetown. It's going to be a big crowd support for Syracuse. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what Louisville team shows up today and if they can seal the deal. Their last loss was that five-overtime thriller against Notre Dame. And they've rattled off, uh, I don't know, eight, nine straight wins. Looking for a number one seed in the tournament. Basketball's big here in the Midwest. There's basketball goals on every corner. Uh, we love it. You've got Indiana. You've got Butler. You've got Notre Dame. You've got Valparaiso. And right here in the Midwest, there's other teams. There's Louisville, Kentucky, Ohio State, St. Louis, Michigan, Michigan State. Look at this Midwest, just full of great, great teams in college basketball. So it'll be interesting to uh, – to see how the tourneys, the conference tourneys play out this weekend with Indiana, Butler, Louisville. To see if Kentucky gets into the tournament after losing in their conference. It'll really depend on if some of those smaller schools steal a bid here or there. And then just what will happen uh, in the bracket Sunday. You know, we, we get the brackets on Sunday afternoon. And if you guys want to be in on the Red Blue Radio bracket pool, uh, shoot me an email, scott at fftoolbox.com. Scott at fftoolbox.com. I will send you an invite to our red versus blue bracket pool. We will uh, send it out to all the uh, subscribers, and uh, you know, just have some fun. We'll put up some, uh, we'll find some gear or something, and uh, make it make it fun. Maybe give out a free satellite team or something like that. We'll do some kind of a fun challenge for that. Oh, big trade just happened. Uh, not a trade, but an update. Uh, the Giants signed wide receiver Lewis Murphy to a one-year deal. Wow. What in the world are they doing? You are loaded at wide receiver. Does this mean the writing is on the wall for some for either Hakeem Nix or Victor Cruz? Is it going to happen? It's a very rare. It's a it's a weird situation here, gang. This is scary for Giants fans. Very scary if you're a Giants fan. I mean, this could elevate Reuben Randall. If I saw a trade like this, if I saw a deal like this go through just now. And they sign him to a one-year deal. Does that mean that they're looking at Cruz and Nixon just hedging their bet? And they're saying, man, we better be careful. We better have another wide receiver just in case we can't get this thing worked out. Are they worried? Because Ruben Randall would be a elevate himself to an elite wide receiver in his second year. I would go after. I would throw a couple of flyers out there for Ruben Randall today. Ramsey's Barton moves up to uh, a spot or two, a couple of notes on this, on this move. Look, I don't want to read between the leaves here, read the tea leaves and all that, right? But why are you signing a wide receiver? You don't need one. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, that, that news just came in uh, announced on FF Toolbox. We have a free agency update. On our on our main page, and we also have a, a a news and rumor section that you can just always uh, check out. You can subscribe to that feed so that it will update you as soon as we post it, and you can keep up to date with all the uh, the moves. The Vikings signed Greg Jennings. 
Greg Jennings. Oh, Greg Jennings. Where have you gone? Where have you gone? You were an elite wide receiver. Now you are with Christian Ponder and Adrian Peterson. You caught 36 balls last year. You had the sports hernia, the abdominal tear at first. Uh, it, I, I'm sorry, it was a groin injury that became an abdominal tear that became a sports hernia. I mean, geez, what kind of – sheesh. He's turning 30 years old. You can play until you're through 30. I mean, Reggie Wayne plays through 35, you know, but starting to see some age on Greg Jennings already, and that's a little scary. And he still gets a five-year deal that could net him as much as $47 million, $18 million guaranteed. Uh, not the the same player that he was. Much better player than a, like a Jerome Simpson or a Jarius Wright. We could stop the Jarius Wright hype a little bit, slow it down just a bit, Viking fans. Now, what can he do? Uh, you know, he's a uh, wide receiver three. He's a wide receiver three for your fantasy team. Don't try to make him a two. No, I don't want to hear that he's a number two. I don't want to hear that, you know, he's going to make uh, Ponder better. Ponder's going to throw in the ball, and if, uh, you know, if Ponder can get it to him, James will catch it. That's it. That's it. That's all it comes down to. If Ponder can throw in the ball. Now, they do bring in Matt Castle, <laughs> who said he will have a chance to compete. Coaches promise him that. Well, they promise a lot of things, but I don't think they have any intention of making Matt Castle the starter. You paid a, a hefty price for Christian Ponder. No matter how bad he was, and he was bad. Oh. The statistics over at Pro Football Focus said that he was like the worst quarterback in the league by far. In throws that he should have made, throws that he could have made, they analyze everything. They analyze everything. And they they basically, his he graded out as the worst. <laughs> Behind Mark Sanchez, that's saying something, right? So I don't think they have any intention of, of doing anything like that. But, uh, yeah, bringing in Matt Castle and bringing in Greg Jennings, that does not make up for losing Percy Harvin. Let me tell you, Viking fans, that does not make up for losing to Percy Harvin. And here's another story about the rich getting richer. Percy Harvin to Seattle. How fair is that? How fair is that when you're a Jets fan and you're sitting here watching teams like the Seahawks with Pete Carroll, who used to be our coach, he sucked in New York. He couldn't inspire anybody. And look at what he's done. Look at how he's grown as a coach. Man, I'm a fan of Pete Carroll. Jeez. I wish Pete Carroll was our coach. I wish I rooted for a Pete Carroll-led team. Harden will wear the number 12. I'm sorry. 12 was retired. He'll wear number 11, I believe. Is that right? Is that the story? I think that's the story. And what will he do there? He's going to do everything. He's going to do it all. He'll he'll catch it. He'll line up in the backfield. He'll line up in the slot. He'll line up on the end. Uh, you know, you've got your workhorse back. He'll still do what he does. But it'll be interesting to see how they fit him into that talented offense. A lot of explosive players now in Seattle. Oh, are they a favorite or what? Eh, they're just a fun team to watch. I, I really enjoyed that. Now, what does that do to Harvin's value? Oh, it's about the same. It's about the same. I don't think it goes. I don't think it goes. I don't think it goes up, goes down. Harvin to Seattle is about the about the same either way. He's going to be a potent, uh, powerful wide receiver. 
Dynasty wide receiver. You hold him. You never sell him. You hang on to him. I have him rated, I think, wide receiver 7-ish, somewhere around the Demarius Thomas level. After Des Bryant. After Calvin. After A.J. Green. After Julio Jones. Mike Goodson to the Jets. We're already on to that story. Are you kidding me? Really? Mike Goodson to the Jets is the next story up? Okay. All right. Uh, what do I think about Mike Goodson to the Jets? Uh, look, <laughs> what am I supposed to say about Mike Goodson to the Jets? I don't know what, what you want me to say. Uh, look, what do we say about Mike Goodson? He, he's, he's a cheaper option than Sean Green, right? You didn't have to spend as much. He averaged uh, f- over five uh, yards per carry for his career. I'm sorry, four and a half yards per carry in his three years. And he did catch 40 catches, uh, 40 passes in 2010 for the Panthers. I don't know. What else do you want me to say? Uh, He he could be a sleeper. He could be a sleeper back. If the Jets don't address the running back position anymore, they've already – I mean, you lost your workhorse back in Sean Green, so you bring in a Mike Goodson. You pay him less than you were going to pay Sean Green. Sean Green got $10 million, and you pay Mike Goodson six point nine. I mean, you're trying to do anything you can. And when they looked side by side, they said – yeah, they're pretty much a similar player here. And he catches the ball a little bit better than Sean Green. So, hey, he didn't do much last year. He was passed by Marcel Reese on the depth chart. The Raiders always liked Marcel Reese, and I don't think there's much there. But he averaged 6.3 yards of carry last year, shown himself to be a capable receiver. And the price tag is cheap. You know, he could be one of these, uh, you, you, uh, you, you snag him late in the draft. You snag him late in the draft. You filled out your lineup, and you're snagging, uh, you're, you're bringing some sleepers on, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th round, you know, you you throw in a Mike Goodson, and you see what you have. You know, you need that RB3 or that bye week, flex week player. It'll be interesting to see how he works out. You know, the FFWC did go to dual flex this year. We're going to an 11-man starting lineup, an 11-man starting lineup. So we're going one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, Still important to get three wide receivers starting every week. One tight end, one kicker, one defense, and two flex. And two flex. You know, this was the year also. If anybody was going to do it, it would have been nice to see somebody take a stab and look. But I think we're going to have fun. We talked about this. I think we're going to have a dual quarterback league, uh, a, a draft for a dual quarterback draft. Because this is the year that quarterbacks are more at the deeper position than ever, Right. And usually how all these drafts are going is everybody's waiting on the quarterback. Somebody grabs the Rodgers early, and then it starts to wane down. And then somebody will take the breeze, and then it'll start to wane down. And then everybody will start to wait. And everybody just waits till the eighth round and starts to – because nobody said, look, there's no separation between these guys. I'm not taking Kaepernick. You're not taking Stafford. Uh, I'm not taking Wilson. You're not taking Luck. I'm not taking Peyton. They're all kind of sitting there all in the same ballpark because there's, it's so deep. It's so deep. So what we thought would be fun was starting a quarterback, a dual quarterback league as an ancillary league while you're in Vegas. We'll do a dual quarterback league. Why not? It'll be fun. I want to, I've never played in a dual quarterback league in a start two. So it'd be very interesting to see, you know, how many people we can get interested in that format. I think there's lots of people out there in the survey results said as much. We, we polled the people, we polled the players. There was a lot of interest for dual quarterback. And while we would never do that for the main event, 
an ancillary league, it makes sense. Just have some fun. If you guys like to play dual quarterback and it catches on, you guys can uh, we can we can offer that every year. Not a big deal. But uh, it is the year to do something like a dual quarterback because of there's so much quarterback depth. It'll be fun. Could you imagine starting out and starting Kaepernick and Russell Wilson or Kaepernick and Stafford? I mean, ha, that can really change your draft. It can really change your draft. Uh, Fantasy Assassins, FFWC needs an auction division. Oh, you know, they thought about auction, but uh, FFPC does a lot of auction leagues already. And, and maybe uh, if we could have enough support on the boards for it or something, we'd open one up. I, I've never done auction, to be honest with you. I've always wanted to. Always wanted to, but never have never have quite pulled the trigger. Uh, a couple of tight ends that I want to talk about here. A couple of tight ends I want to talk about. We've got 10 minutes left in the show. Martellus Bennett, Jared Cook, Anthony Fasano, Delaney Walker, Martellus Bennett to Chicago. Let's first start there. This opens the door for the rookie, last year's rookie, Adrian Robertson. Adrian Robinson, write that name down, Adrian Robinson. This was the kid that the um, the Giants GM said was Jason Pierre Paul of tight ends. What's that mean? I'm not real sure. But it sounds good. Jason Pierre Paul of tight ends. Adrian Robinson. Michael Bronte, our uh, who put who publishes our dynasty rankings on the website at FF Toolbox, ranked Adrian Robinson the 25th best dynasty tight end. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. 6'4", 264. Uh, They say he's a freak. But that opens up the door for an Adrian Robinson. Now, who knows what else they'll do there. But Martellus Bennett to Chicago, that has to help Jay Cutler. Now you have a tight end option. You can help move the change. That has to open up things for uh, Marshall more. Has to open up things for Forte a little bit better. It's a good move for Chicago. I like it. Jared Cook to St. Louis? Nah. I wasn't so high on this move. I'm not real. I'm not real. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't see this move being big for Jared Cook. I, I, Kendricks was heating up. You know. Uh, you thought you. They thought they really had something in Kendricks. Now maybe they're deciding that they don't have that. Or maybe they're thinking that they want to go dual tight end, like Fleener, Allen, like Gronk, Hernandez, like Pitta, Dixon. You know, maybe they're maybe they're thinking that that's what they want to do and have a couple of receiving tight ends. Look, Cook's always had untapped potential. Every all oh, the the P word, it's the P, it's potential, huge mismatch. And now with Sam Bradford, who was kind of making some good moves at the end. I think it'll be okay. They lost Amendola, and they lost Gibson. You've lost two wide receivers. You better really get uh, Brian Quick going. This better be the year that Quick gets going because, if not, Cook could be Bradford's top, one of his top guys. He does have the skills to take on that role. He just needs more opportunities. Now, question, why wasn't Tennessee giving him those opportunities? That's the question. I just don't understand. I think sometimes it's, I mean, look, physical talent is just half the game. you got to be mentally tough. And I don't think Jared Cook's mentally tough. Something says he's not. 
Because otherwise, wouldn't he have done it already in Tennessee? Than just having these flashes of brilliance? I think if you have Jared Cook, you sell him. You sell him right now. Or maybe you wait until he has a big game in St. Louis and then you sell him. Because I just don't, I don't buy it. I don't think you can sit here in the league for that long and not get it down. And it be somebody else's fault. Oh, all he needed was a new a new scenery, a new quarterback, somebody that believed in him. Really? Locker didn't believe in him? He came in, he had a biased opinion about him? Uh, any of the other aforementioned quarterbacks, even when Tennessee had wide receiver problems? I like Givens, too. I like Givens. I like Quick. I think Quick will develop. I think he will develop. They're going to expect a lot out of the kid, and I think he needs to deliver, and I think he will. I think Quick is a... Uh, Quick is one of the uh, the sleepers to pay attention to. Sean Green. Oh, the last uh, the last tight end. Fasano to Kansas City. Ah, not really. Not really a big story there. There's only so much to go around. You got you got Dwayne Bowe's going to get his. Uh, Moiaki, you think, is still going to get his, right? Uh, and Jamal Charles. Uh, there'll be If there's anything left over, Baldwin will get it. But it's Alex Smith we're talking about. So this is basically the San Francisco offense that's going to take the field. It's the San Francisco offense. It's Alex Smith back at the helm. It's Jamal Charles catching the balls out of the backfield. Not, a, not really a big move. Pisano to KC. Sean Green to Tennessee again. What, a, what kind of story is that? Not, it's nothing. There's nothing there. He'll get some carries. It'll be Chris Johnson's team. I think Chris Johnson's a buy low this year. I really do. I think you can buy Chris Johnson. I think the price should be affordable. And I don't care if you like the guy or not. I think it's just what you do when you're a dynasty player. You buy low. And you and you pick up a guy like a Chris Johnson. I think he has still has that potential uh, to be good, to be a, uh, to a, good, a good player. And I think Chris Johnson owners are kind of tired of it. They're kind of tired of owning him and starting him and it not working out. So this is the time that uh, you, you can, you know, put a, put a play in, throw it, roll the dice, see what happens. Uh, Chargers doing nothing in free agency. Sorry, Charger fans. Bringing back Ronnie Brown. Well, that's your story? Jeez. Buccaneers trade Aurelius Ben to the Eagles? Really? Not a story. Cardinals release Kevin Cobb. Well, maybe he'll enter that Jets rotation. With David Gerard And, uh, who else is there? Tebow, Sanchez, and I've heard rumors of Brady Quinn. What are they doing there, man? I'm ready to just hang up the towel. You know, Fireman Ed did. He quit. He hung up the cat. You know, it's sad to see, but uh, he just got so tired and sick of it, what they were doing there. He really hung in the towel. He said, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. I'm about ready to do it, too. I mean, living in Indy, look, I already face enough pressure. My kids, you know, anytime I dress them in Jets jerseys, they get beat up. Uh, <laughs> and they still want to wear them, you know, but I, I think I've got to just – got to convert, you know. I'm just going to have to convert. I can't do it anymore. I just can't. I can't be a Jets fan forever. It's been so many years. Uh, tough question. Fantasy Assassins asked in the chat room. If you're talking Keeper and Dynasty, how many years does he have left? Um, who are we talking about there? How many years does he have left? Who are we talking about? Uh, I'll check out that. Uh, Dynasty, we usually use a three-year window for our rankings. Uh, Bronte does. He uses a three-year window. When I trade, I usually use a little bit of a longer window than that. 
But I can understand for rankings purposes using three years. It's kind of hard to go any deeper and further than that. Oh, Chris Johnson. Okay. So how many years does he have left? Uh, you know, look, running backs do have a shorter shelf life um, than, than wide receivers. And that's why a couple years ago I traded – this was before Calvin Johnson broke out. I traded Chris Johnson uh, – no, I'm sorry. I got Calvin in a, in a different way. But I traded Chris Johnson for the 1-1 rookie pick, basically, because I knew it was coming. And you started to see signs of it when he just kind of, you know, ghosts out. Uh, but he's he'll he'll be uh, you know he's gonna Chris Johnson's the type of back he has a lot of carries on him. It would be hard for him to play till he's thirty, but he could do it. He's 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 that good. He could play till he's thirty. And so he has um, a couple years before that. I think what is he? Uh, he'll be twenty eight this year. He'll be twenty eight. So, yeah, he could play three more years, I think, and then that's all you're going to get out of Chris Johnson. Yep. Still has it. Four and a half yards of carry down year for him. Absolutely down year. Uh, 36 catches down year. But Tennessee was bad. They were bad. They're going to be better. They're going to be better. They're going to have, uh, you know, Kendall Wright's going to be a, uh, a buy low. Oh, oh, almost the end of the show, and I haven't even mentioned it. Guys, look. Everybody that plays Dynasty, everybody that plays Dynasty, or if you're drafting now, I'm giving you one name, one name to buy right now. Go buy him in every league you can, every Dynasty league. I want you to go and send an offer for this guy right now. If you want a top 10 wide receiver, a top 10 wide receiver that last year was outside of the top 30, outside of the top 30, and he will be a top 10 wide receiver this year. You're going to send offers for him, right? Every single league. And I don't care what you have to give up. Just realize that you're doing it for a top 10 wide receiver. So give up a Steve Johnson. Give up a Vincent Jackson. Give up an Eric Decker. Give up a Wes Welker. Give up an Andre Johnson. These are older guys. Go get Antonio Brown for Pittsburgh. Go get Antonio Brown for Pittsburgh. They have absolutely nothing to throw to. Off Wallace, you may lose Emmanuel Sanders. We'll see. Don't wait until you lose Emmanuel Sanders because it's not going to matter anyway. This 2013 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be all about Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. I don't care what running back they get in the draft. I don't care who else they bring in. This year, Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown all day long. Get him everywhere you can. Let me know when you have successfully dealt for Antonio Brown. I want to see the trade-off. Email him to Scott at FFToolbox.com. Scott at Red Blue Radio, also .com, either one. Uh, Scott at FFToolbox.com. Email him to me. I will read him on the air. I want to see the Antonio Brown offers come in. I'm going to go after him. I've already went after him on, on several leagues, waiting in, in trade talks now. But I'm going to get him also when it comes time for Vegas. Antonio Brown has a world of opportunity, world of speed. Somebody that will just constantly – and look, he's going to have a top 10 season. So that's all you have to worry about. All right, gang, that's it. It's going to be uh, Louisville basketball time here coming up uh, in just a little, uh, in a little while, 8.30. Good luck, John Haskell. Good luck, Chris Lambert. You're going to need it today. Cardinals are going to get you. See you guys.
You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.